Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the Riptide. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. Greetings, greetings. <laughs> the the original Cretan himself is uh, uh, here again. Yep. Uh, boy, it seems a long time since we were we were last uh, doing a show, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember when it's seemed longer. <laughs> right, right. It it has been a challenging, you know, couple of years. I want to say. Yeah. You know, health wise and. You know, uh, just the world, you know, catching on fire and people getting sick. And uh, it's just, That's it's been sure. a strange, strange time. I mean, right now we're we're having trouble getting any cans whatsoever to uh, the product. Yeah, yeah. I we're, heard, we're heard about that. shorted on CO2, you know, in order to, you know. So just, it's just absolute insanity, you know, and... <laughs> Everyone always thought, oh, you know, hops are going to be the hard thing. Now they 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 planted a lot of hops. Now there's a ton of hops, but then now the breweries are closing. So it's it's just it's a uh, it's a fascinating you know uh, you know it's it's like watching a car wreck at times. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like in slow motion. You're just like, yeah, this is going to happen. Yeah, it's it's strange. I mean, the the can shortage, but I guess. Everybody is looking to packaging cans all of a sudden, just uh, because I guess it's more more beer at home versus out at restaurants, and or I guess right. maybe glass is the preferred package. Well, and now they're packaging wine in cans and seltzer right. and everything else, and so everybody's putting things in cans, um, and it's just yeah, it's just it's just gone crazy. Um, yeah. Now, what's up with the uh, the CO two shortage? I read uh, something about that. So, uh, what what has happened with that is um, the vast majority of CO two in this country comes from the production of ethanol. Right. So, the ethanol fuel that is is made in this country, the vast majority of ethanol goes into making um, fuel. Yeah, fuel additive, and so uh, that's where all our CO two comes from. With the pandemic, people stopped driving, and with the the, the cutback in driving and improved mileage and things like that, apparently the fuel, the CO two uh, production started to suffer, and there wasn't a whole lot of excess. And when people stopped driving. The production went down. I guess a couple of plants went down for one reason or another, maybe pandemic related. And so now is apparently the worst time of it. So we're just barely getting enough to exist. So. Wow. That's interesting. It's funny how everything's related like that. Right. Right. Um, yeah, the interdependence of, of, you know, human beings and uh, our technologies and, you know, the things we want. Uh, it's just very strange. It's like, you know. It's uh, like our good friend, John Blickman. <laughs> very strange. Yes, yes. Yeah. Interrelated strange. Yeah, it's yeah. In, uh, in related strangeness, our friend John Blickman. Um, yeah, he uh, he is quite strange at times. And uh Actually, quite funny. He's always he's quite strange and funny. Going out, I, one of my my favorite memories was I think it was at CBC, and you and Blickman and I, and there was somebody else I think going with us, and Chris we White, went, maybe. Yeah. maybe, and we were we were going. This is some years ago, and we got on the on the on the metro, 
and we headed out to go to, you know, some bourbon place or, you know, that we went to a number the, of places. First, we yeah. went and had dinner at some place yeah. that was pretty fancy. And I think and Blickman picked up the tab for it. It was quite mm. expensive. Yeah. And then we motored whiskey our way down to like a whiskey or bourbon bar. Yeah. I think I paid for that. Yeah, I think um, you did. Yeah. And then uh, I think and that's when we saw like a raccoon or something. Yep. <laughs> a couple raccoon of raccoons place. fighting or something. Yeah. Right. Near near the near the whiskey bar. Yeah. And um and then like on the way back, were the trains still running or maybe they weren't running at a certain point? I remember yeah. it was like getting back was a little bit of a chore. Yeah, last it, run of the night or something like that. Right. We just barely caught it. It was a lot of it was a lot of fun. I mean, we had. <laughs> I have a picture of you two like cuddling on the, on the, uh, <laughs> on the metro train, <laughs> as I recall. Yes, a very uh, very interesting picture. I'm gonna have to dig that up. Uh, I'd like to see. I I don't remember that part, but yeah, sure. <laughs> we, had, we had all had a few a few drinks by that time. I want to say several whiskeys, very high quality whiskeys. This is before the whiskeys. Oh, was yeah. <laughs> okay, well, there was probably some beer involved too then. Uh, yeah, I think the whole day had beer involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fun times. And then the Frank's Noodle House. Yep. Uh, you were you were skeptical at, yeah. uh, at 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 some house in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> they had yeah, great noodles. They had great noodles there. Yeah, I'm just saying, if you're ever in Portland. You want to go to Frank's Noodle House and uh, get yourself some some hand pulled noodles. I like it when they they hand pull the noodle. You know, really, do it right there in front of you. Yeah. Oh yeah, they do it right in front of you, and it's it's fresh. I mean, mm-hmm. they don't your noodle isn't isn't pulled until you're standing right there. You know, it's it's amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, like our friend John Blickman. Check out uh, BlickmanEngineering.com. Uh, they got all sorts of great gear there. No matter you know what your skill level or what you're you're attempting to do, especially now they're doing a lot of uh, pro level um, you know brew plants. If you want to open a brewery, uh, you know you do yourself a you know a favor and, and check out Blickman Engineering because um, you know they're always trying to uh, make a, a brew plant that will do better and improve your brew day. So uh, check them out. Uh, BlickmanEngineering.com, and you can send an email if you got a chance to feedback at BlickmanEngineering.com. Tell John Blickman how much you appreciate he's paying for the show, so you don't have to. All right. So, so today, Bebo says, "Oh Lord, I'm I'm assuming that was uh, she's not been to Frank's Noodle House. I'd like to show, not. Uh, uh, I would like to show her the noodles at uh, Frank's Noodle House." See, and so she could see the noodle getting pulled, right? Um, so maybe she could learn to do it. Get some know. of the spicy sauce to go with it, and she'll be all set. Oh yeah, maybe she could learn uh, noodle pulling. Um, uh, today, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, yours as well, I think, uh, Neil Spake. Oh yeah, uh, he he had written in back. Uh, let's see, this is uh, Monday, May fourth, twenty fifteen. Okay. Yeah. Good year, 2015. Yeah. yeah. I'm, so I'm uh, I'm just uh, saving a few of these. You know, it. it uh, uh, Diva says she's she'll skip. It's, it's a hard pass on on Frank's Noodle House. You're you're missing out. It is delicious. Sam would love it too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. He says uh, hello, Jamel, John. Once again, thanks so much for having me on the show. I had a blast. I think the episode turned out well, but I expected actually. It was truly an honor to contribute again. Apparently, we had him on the show sometime around 2015. Scottish Ales, I think. Quite possible. I had another idea for a future episode. Uh, He said, uh, it's something I am really, really curious about. The topic is the art of hop blending. To clarify, how do commercial brewers come up with a mix of hops for any given beer? I was recently reviewing the New Belgium website as I have had a few of their newer beers recently. When I see things like a mix of Nugget, Liberty, Nelson, Savon, and Cascade, 
or Styrian Golding, Admiral, Citra, and Galaxy, I wonder how they experimented to come up with the mix they finally chose. And like I always asked in the Can You Brew It interviews, what percentage of the bittering comes from the actual bitter edition compared to the later copper hops? Uh, Jamal, I'm sure you and Chris have experience in this area for sure. John probably as well. Uh, we're starting to see quite a variation in the types of mix and mixes of hops used. Uh, it's a fascinating subject. I'm not sure how you structure a show on the topic, but I, for one, would love to hear some ideas. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, you know, hop uh, layering or blending or, you know, combining multiple kinds of hops um, can have, a, a, you know, a significant impact on the beer. The quite popular is, you know, smash. Uh, single single malt, you know, single hop yeah. uh, beers, uh, and you know the purpose of them is to see what you know a hop gives you, see what you know a individual malt gives you, and um, that that can, that's a, a really nice way to kind of get an idea of a hop. But um, you know, for example, uh, you know. When you use a single hop in a beer, sometimes and you want to get the hop character right, especially something that's a hoppy beer. If you're making a robust porter, you really just need a good, clean bittering for that. You don't want, uh, you know, a bunch of hop flavor. If you're making, uh, you know, perhaps a bohemian pilsner or something like that that has, uh, you know, hop character to it, maybe then you do want to blend, you know, one hop with another. Most of the time, people will will just come up with one hop, and they'll won't get the hop character they're looking for. It could be a bit dull, could be um, even adding more doesn't really get you the character. It's just kind of more of the same thing, and it's kind of missing a, a dimension mm-hmm. to it. So uh, that's the reason why you want to add more hops and and kind of uh, uh, combine different hops to get different different character let's do this let's take a short break and when we come back we will talk more about uh, blending hops for uh, better hop uh, flavor and aroma right after this hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price priceline Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature march pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. Uh, we're back, and uh, we're we're. Uh, uh, if, if you if you need to use the little boys from John, you should have thought of that before before we got in the car. Right. You're, right. You're uh, right. Right. You know how long a car ride this is. Uh, if if it's an emergency, uh, absolutely go ahead and go, and I will keep talking. Okay. I can do it. Uh, All you right. know me. I can I can talk for an hour without anybody. Make it so. All right. 
I will. You should have a, p- a little piss bucket next to your next to your uh, desk there. Uh, so, um, interesting thing about hop additions are or hop combinations is that they aren't simply additive. You have um, you know a, a variety of compounds. These hop oils, you know these uh, hop uh, you know terpenes and and uh, acids that. When added together, uh, they're actually sometimes more than the sum of their parts. It's sometimes um, it can be subtractive, right? So um, you get a negative result. You're looking for uh, to add, uh, you know, more tropical character to a beer. You started with Citra and Mosaic, and you want to get it more tropical, and you think you're going to add, um, you know, perhaps. Um, you know, Sabro or something and make, make for a more tropical, you know, character. And, you know, you throw in a few other things and voila, it, it has actually subtracted some of the character you're looking for. So as well, you can't just throw in a ton of different hops, um, trying to hit all the, the possible combinations. What happens is it's very similar to, um, you know, trying to mix paints. You know, you like, you like the color green, you like the color blue, you like the color red, you like the color orange, you like the color yellow, uh, and you decide all of them together would look beautiful. And so you mix it together, and what do you get? Brown. And the same sort of thing can happen with uh, hops. You like all these flavors, and you know, it's the same thing for malts as well. You like all these flavors, you pile them all together, and what you end up with is kind of a muddy mess. So you need to uh, you'll be thinking about what exactly you're trying to achieve. I will tell you one of the the coolest things. It's not up to date. I don't think Scott has really uh, Scott could really up, update this thing with a lot more uh, data. It has mostly um, hops from like 2014 or whatever it was. There was a study that I, he built this hop calculator on hop oil calculator. It's at scottjanish.com, uh, hop-oils-calculator. And what it is, is there's a, the, a column on one side and you can add in, you know, what hop you're, you're working with. Let's say Citra, and, you know, uh, Cascade and, you know, a couple others. And then you tell it how much of each you're using. And it will even generate a spider graph for you. Uh, and suggest what the character of the resulting beer is going to be, right? So citrusy and, you know, floral and all that. Uh, I ran, um, let's see, the the one that uh, Neil mentioned, Nugget Liberty, uh, Nelson Salon and Cascade. And it's generally a green and fruity citrus uh, type character that they were going for. So it's really fascinating. It's it's a cool cool tool, but um, it's missing a lot of the non-US and um, most recent hops out there. So that's that's kind of a a, a cool way to um, if you want to get an idea of what a hop combination is going to give you. So um, <clears throat> as I mentioned, uh, you know the the adding another hop can be additive. It can be uh, you know. Sub- it can subtract some of the character that you're looking for, or it can kind of, um, you know, even mutate into something else. You know, the, the addition of some compounds will kind of heighten other compounds. So um, you're looking for combinations essentially that are going to, well, I think mostly people want to kind of intensify uh, the hop character. It's almost always what people are looking for. Um, And the intensity of a hop uh, character, if you're looking for something, you know, piney, then it's better instead of using just one pine forward hop, uh, you know, maybe you you select another one that is pine forward or that has maybe some complementary uh, flavors um, in a way of uh, uh, supporting it. Yeah, there's there's hops that could be more um, supplemental, uh, where you 
are looking for flavors that uh, kind of uh, are along the same line. Uh, something that's piney, maybe you find something that's also woody. If you're looking for, um, let's say, a tropical fruit character and you've already got some kind of you know, passion fruit kind of thing going on, maybe you layer in another hop that has a little bit more mango forward. Uh, maybe you layer in a hop that gives some pineapple notes or some coconut notes. And all those will add to the overall impression of, of tropical fruit. You can um, uh, look for complementary uh, flavors, like for the example of, of pine. You know, maybe there's uh, a mint. If you find a hop that's kind of minty and you add that, the pine and the mint are complementary. Um, you know, uh, if you're trying to make a beer citrusy, you know, to get that intensity, you know, you use hops that have got orange, uh, lemon, uh, things like that. But you can also complement it with, uh, you know, maybe something floral. Uh, so you're looking at these, you know, hop compounds and you're trying to come up with combinations that are either supportive or um, in intensifying the the flavors that you're looking for. And that's what the hop layering is, where um, if you not, uh, if you're just, you know, loading in hops without thinking about what's in there uh, and, you know, you can have fun with it. You can try, you know, a couple hops together. Um, one thing you could do is perhaps brew, uh, you know, several beers with, uh, you know, dry hop, uh, you know, a, a beer and then dry hop separately, a bunch of different samples. It's one of the things we do here at Heretic is we will, when we get new hops in, we'll take our lager and then we'll dry hop the lager with uh, samples of the new hops. And then we'll also sample, you know, new crops. We'll also sample, uh, make a bunch of these samples together. And then, one of the things we like to do is, um, you know, rank and rate those hops, write descriptors for them, and then, uh, you know, try some blends. And you can actually blend the, the liquids and see how they, they work together. And it's very surprising how uh, you can add a little bit of one compound or another one hop or, or another, and the compounds in it will all of a sudden pop, you know, much more than the sum of the parts, like we're saying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's one of the ways that we do it here. Uh, I'm sure there's a much more uh, scientific way and less, uh, you know, just beer tasting way. You know, one of the things, uh, let's see, uh, if you take a look at that, uh, that calculator uh, that Scott has, the, the thing is it, it doesn't really tell you what some of the compounds are. Um, you know, it's kind of like uh, some of the water calculators out there. So it's really cool. And I think it, it really is uh, helpful if, you know, we were to update that and make that uh, more uh, current. Uh, I think I think it actually has a, a value to it. Some of those things, uh, carpheline, car, yeah. car, cariophylline. 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 Uh, you know, it's kind of uh, uh, spicy, woody peppery, citronello, uh, citrusy, fruity, um, uh, humulene is kind of that uh, woody beer yeah. flavor. Hoppy, woody. Hoppy, yeah. hoppy, and people describe it as hoppy. Uh, uh, linalool, floral, orange, um, myrcene, uh, green, resinous, piney, uh, Pinene, alpha pinene, uh, you know, more cedar and pine, beta pinene, woody, green pine. Uh, you know, a lot of these uh, um, compounds, you, you know, you can Google them and, you know, see what they are. But uh, I think Scott had another sheet on his uh, website that listed uh, kind of the values of certain compounds in, in the various hops. And it's uh, extremely helpful, I would think, because you can look at that. And if you're looking for, uh, you know, you want to um, uh, get something with, uh, you know, a, a, a lemon citrus, you know, type of character, and you want to add that to, uh, you know, your, your pine character or your floral or your, 
you know, fruity, tropical. Uh, it gives you an idea of what hops to go for. Instead of, you know, the hop descriptions that, and nowadays, you admit, all the hop descriptions say tropical fruit. Even hops yeah. that never said tropical fruit before now say tropical fruit. Somewhere in there, they say tropical fruit. Uh, and, you know, they'll, you know, say citrus or things like that. Um, you know, so a lot of those descriptors, it's very difficult to see, you know, what exactly is going to happen. And by looking at the individual oils, I think you can get a, a good idea of what hops may fit together in your, in your layering or bundling of, of hop characters. Uh, and, you know, or, you know, like I was saying, you can uh, do some dry hop tests and then try combining the liquids and, and see what happens, right? Yeah, I, th- I think that's a, a good approach. Look at, you know, look at some of the literature out there, um, Stan Hieronymus's hops book, mm-hmm. um, many of the presentations that have been posted online, um, where, you know, the principal oils of the hops are listed and then try to, you know, pick hops that have different concentrations of the oils. Um, there's, I, we need to, I, I need to look at Scott Janice's calculator. I haven't had a chance to review that. Um, I think this is such a new area of understanding how the various oils can mm-hmm. combine and the synergy that we can get from them. Um, I know in one of Stan Haram's uh, presentations that he's done, he talks about the combination of three hops. I'm just kind of scrolling through here to create a, uh, a replacement for Amarillo, I believe it was. And so by combining, you know, Citra and Simcoe, they were able to come up with a very, uh, very good substitute for Amarillo um, because of the different, the different proportions of oils uh, that the two hops had uh, mm-hmm. could create that flavor. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and I've, there's, when I, when I, blend hops i'm usually looking for those you know differences the contrast in the complementary characters you know if this hop is uh, floral and fruity i'll look for one that's maybe spicy spicy and fruity mm-hmm. or uh, floral and and spicy you know get a get a, a character that's in common and then as well as one that's different mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, let's see here. Uh, Leaf is asking, uh, what kind of hop mix would you use for a, let's say, a California IPA? Uh, I suppose he's talking about uh, the California IPA we're doing. <laughs> uh, yours. So yeah, that's um, Columbus in the in the in the bittering, in the sixty minute, and then Idaho Seven Mosaic and uh, Cascade. Uh, throughout the uh, uh, late hop, whirlpool, dry hopping, uh, we use all of those. Now, what's the character of Idaho Seven? Idaho Seven, um, fruity, a little bit of pine, a little bit of resin. Um, uh, so it's not one of the Neo Mexicanus st- types um, with the uh, which would they have a very prominent. Uh, fruit pineapple kind of character, I think. Yeah, let's see here. Um, let me say for Idaho 7, uh, piney, tropical fruit, citrusy, earthy, floral flavors and aromas. Okay. Um, you know, just like all of them say now. <laughs> uh, tropical fruit. Tropical fruits and all of a sudden became in every every hop. Yeah. All of a sudden. Um, if you're looking for f- flavors in hops, it's like every hop has every flavor just in different amounts. I think you can kind of, you can hunt for them or whatever. What would you put in a, in a, a good West coast IPA? Not, not, uh, you know, not, um, 
you know, yeah. double, but you know, just like a standard drinker around, you know, six to. Well, I'm, I'm old school. So I would go with a Cascade Centennial uh, blend as my baseline. Mm-hmm. Um, I may throw in some Columbus uh, to get a little bit more of the sulfur character. Um, and uh, Amarillo is another favorite hop of mine. Um, Citra also does very nice in adding that third dimension to, you know, an otherwise classic West Coast IPA uh, kind of hop profile, the Cascade Centennial Columbus 5Cs. But you throw in a little Citra and it seems to brighten it, add some uh, some berry and melon character. You know, there's it, it takes it into that third dimension of flavor. Mm-hmm. I think so. That does what I would go with. I tell you, one place you can get a bunch of these hops. Good friends out in uh, Reno or Sparks, Nevada. Uh, Brew Chatter. Those five Brew folks. You can uh, you can even order from them online. Brewchatter.com. They've got uh, a ton of uh, very fresh, uh, well well maintained hops that uh, are uh, properly packaged. Uh, for shipping, and uh, you check that out. Or if you're out there, ever in Reno, you got to go by. It's a great shop, and uh, they even have a little bar in there where you can, you can get pints of beer as you as you shop, which is really nice. Uh, and they always have uh, you know great, uh, not just uh, home brews, but they have uh, commercial beer beers on as well. So lots of cool stuff available there at uh, our good friends at BrewChatter.com. So check them out. Good folks. Lots of lots of good yes. ingredients. All right. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll have uh, more discussion of uh, hot blending right after this. Learning to brew has never been so disgusting. This is Brew Strong. All right. We're back. We're talking uh, hop blending, hop layering, hop, uh, what would you call it? I just call it hop blending. What, what are all the, the kids using? What are the kids using these days? What's their I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, they're how they, all... How, they, they're, how the hip kids, the hip cats. Uh, <laughs> all the experimental varieties that, uh, yeah, they still have tropical fruit. Uh, melon seems to be very, very popular in terms of a desired character. Mm-hmm. And uh, berries, red red berries, uh, blueberries, stone fruit. Um, I found the uh, slide I was looking for earlier that from Stan's presentation, where he's talking about um, you know blending different hops to get a a character of a like a in this case uh, an alternative to Citra dry hopping is to use seventy percent Calypso. And 30% Bravo. And as an alternative to Simcoe, uh, 50% Eureka, 40% Apollo, and 10% Cascade. So these were blends that were determined um, by a sensory uh, group uh, doing triangle tests, looking at the oil compositions, and then, you know, uh, looking at the the list and saying, okay, maybe some of this, some of that, and arriving at a mixture that tasted very comparable to, you know, this other uh, scarce hop. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, I guess the principle is that you can, you know, you can create many different characters from, you know, if you can't get a certain hop you're looking for, then try two or even three, you know, complementary hops that share some of that character and blend them and say, and see if you can arrive at it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, someone asked, uh, how many years ahead is uh, heretic, uh, uh, contracting hops? Uh, you know, we used to go as much as five years out, um, with the rapid changes in, um, hop development, hop types, and um, uh, just uh, questions about whether the planet will still be here in five years. We've 
pulled back. Um, I think the furthest out we are is maybe three years now. And that tends to be on, you know, core hops like Citra, uh, Mosaic, things like that. So um, we're, we contract a lot, but not quite as much as we did in the past. Um, or not as long as we did in the past, but the volume's higher, just concentrated a few, a few hops. And then we'll, we'll sprinkle in other hops as we go along. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tom was asking, I've got a bunch of summit. What would you do with it? Blending wise. Summit. That's a pretty piney hop. If I remember right. Yeah. It's got an intensity and, and sometimes it's got, uh, um, a lot of, uh, <laughs> onion, garlic. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Onion, garlic, pine, tank. Yeah, very dank. I would, yeah, I wouldn't use mosaic with it. Um, what I would do is I would do, I would tend to use it at the beginning of fermentation and try to get some biotransformation of those, of the dank character, you know, the transformation of the thiols into more of a, the floral fruity uh, compounds. Mm. That's an interesting uh, uh, idea. And, um, you know, you might also try, uh, you know, combining it with, uh, you know, something uh, citrusy, some orange yeah. uh, character, uh, lemon character, uh, maybe something floral as well. Uh, right. I would look towards those as, as uh, complements to um, uh, the summit, summit hop. Uh, what is the most overused and underused hop variety in your opinions? Well, that's a good question. Jimmy asks. My opinion, overused is mosaic. Mm-hmm. Um, underused, I think a lot of the the American nobles like uh, Liberty, Mount Hood, um, Sterling, um, is another, oh, that's not an American noble, but I mean, there are some very fine hop characters that uh, really are sitting on the sidelines uh, because everybody is all about IPAs these days. Um, right. if, the, if you go back to some of the noble hop aromas, the English hop aromas, um, there's some very lovely hops sitting out there. Right. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you. Um you know, uh, maybe Citra, Mosaic, they tend to be heavily, heavily used these yep. days. Um, uh, so, uh, overused, yeah, I guess, because they do really add a lot of uh, kind of punch to uh, IPAs. And so that's what's, uh, it'd be nice to make, you know, beers without <laughs> Citra and Mosaic. Um, underused, I'd say, you know, along the same lines as you, John, I would, I would agree with that as well. And I think, you know, underappreciated might be some of the classic British hops. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that they just don't, they don't see much use here in the U S. Um, which is a shame because there is some really nice hops there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, also, um, you know, it was going to be, you know, if you asked me a few years ago, back when cashmere came out and, uh, nobody was, they pulled all the cashmere. They weren't going to grow it anymore. It was like a huge failure. And I'm like, no, 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 cashmere is really good. <laughs> and luckily, uh, people listened and, uh, we saved it. And so, uh, cashmere is now quite a popular hop. Oh, good. Good. And yeah. That funny was nice. how you know, hops go from, uh, you know, in, in the doghouse when, you know, it's just that nobody really tried them or appreciated them. They come yeah. out with so many new hops. We're not getting a chance to really fully evaluate them and talk about them. Yeah. So it's just, if, you know, uh, there were probably 10 other great hops that they planted a small field of it. They tested with some brewers and the brewers said, eh, and because those brewers didn't like it, yeah, yeah. Get to have it. So yeah, it's like Vinny and Simcoe. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Ted asks, uh, what is the largest blend you would use? Five varieties? It's mm, a good question. Yeah. Um, I think you can do five if you're doing similar hops, uh, like the, the five C's, you know, uh, Cascade, Centennial, Columbus, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, right, right. If you're doing, but if you're looking to achieve, I don't know, some complexity with different varieties, you know, like a, an English plus a Australian plus a, you know, German or something like that, that'd keep it to three max because you're getting very different characters and you may get some nice synergy, but you may, you know, throw something else up that's, you know, doesn't appeal to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, and you're, you're, your analogy to uh, paint and and mud is is very apt, right? Yeah, I mean we will do beers here where uh, we will have you know five varieties in it, and um, you know, but I don't, I can't think of a beer that we did more than that. I think that pretty much maxes it out. Although we're doing more five variety beer our hop combinations now than we ever had in the past before it would be two or three uh, on most, most occasions. And then it really did become a a necessity to go to to five. And there's a couple of reasons. One is uh, like we're talking about, you know, layering in the the hop character and like John says, uh, you know, you want to keep it to similar characters. If you're going to use that many, you can do complementary, and you can do supplementary and you can do, you know, additions to intensify, but you have to uh, just be careful. You don't want to just go five all over the board, uh, you know, five with a, a plan in place. But one of the advantages of that for a commercial brewer and even for a home brewer is, uh, you know, you have a beer that you really like and you love the hop character that you've developed by developing it with five different hops. If, if you have trouble getting one of the hops or another one of the hops, you can replace it with a couple of different hops that have a similar character and it's much less noticeable. Um, it becomes, you know, it, because they're, they're supporting each other, you just need to find another hop that has, you know, certain compounds in it. And, you know, then you can use that, maybe use a little bit more, a little bit less, just depends. And um, that's been really helpful for us uh, when, when there were the terrible hop shortages instead of, I mean, you know, you never want to come out with a beer that has a single hop in it or where you declare the hops <laughs> in it because, you know, it's just going to change uh, for a variety of reasons. And you don't want to, you know, have yourself stuck where you can't make a beer because there's no hops available anymore. Or you, then you have to tell people you changed it or, you know, it's better to, you know, leave yourself some, some flexibility there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Andre is asking, why haven't we had an episode of JC's Medical Corner recently? We're in a damn <laughs> pandemic. We need our vital health news. Oh, yeah, JC's Medical Corner. Um, I don't know. I, I haven't had anything, uh, uh, have I had anything swell up recently or uh, drop off or uh, turn a weird color. Um, I don't know. Um, I am dealing with uh, an immune uh, disorder. That is uh, kind of jacking me up. And actually, so <laughs> they've been dealing with this for, I've been on like high levels of steroids for, for a year plus. And then they moved me over to, because you can't be on that for very long. It thins out your tissues, including things like your colon, which, you know, that's, that's, not, that's, that's no bueno. Um, and uh, so uh, it's taking me off of that. And then uh, moving on to something that makes all my hair fall out. Huh? That's a, that's a nice side benefit. Uh, I was looking at chunks of hair in the drain. And well, I guess you don't, uh, you've cut down on your waxing budget then, huh? Exactly. Well, unfortunately, it's the wrong hair that's falling out. Oh. Uh, but uh, no, uh, what, was, what was the drug they put me on? They put me on this drug that uh, uh, was supposed to help. And it actually is done pretty much nothing but make my hair fall out. And so I'm um, having troubles, you know, even worse troubles with my lungs and my heart because 
it, it makes these uh, granulomas in your lungs and your heart. And so uh, uh, since that was a complete failure, now they're like, okay, we have this chemotherapy drug, which didn't really work well as a chemotherapy drug, but now we're using it for, you know, for what you have, which is sarcoid. And um, so the problem with that is you have to go in and get, you know, like these three hour infusions uh, at the hospital, which, you know, that's unpleasant. Um, so there's a new alternative, which they really just fairly recently have started trying this on sarcoidosis, which is uh, Humira. You may see that on TV where they're talking about rheumatoid arthritis, Crohn's disease, et cetera, et cetera. Well, this is this biologic uh, immunosuppressant, I guess, or whatever it is. They're, um, they're, they're like, yeah, we'll give that a try. Some people in Sweden used it and they said it was pretty good. So the thing of that is I have to inject myself for this. So uh, I've been doing that lately. So fun, fun time. Yeah. <laughs> luckily, I read uh, on the internet, I Googled, when's the best time to give yourself Humira? <laughs> it's like, do it on a Friday afternoon after work. And then you have a whole weekend to recover. I'm like, oh, great. Sure enough, man, that just made me hot and a horrible headache and a terrible fatigue. It's like, eh, kept pretty much killed my weekend. But yeah, uh, yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm trying that now. And that, that is 125 after insurance, $125 a shot. <laughs> wow. And you do it every week? Uh, no, every two weeks. Oh, okay. I do it on Monday morning. Now we can call in sick to work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unfortunately, my boss is a real hard ass. Uh, he'll, he'll, he'll tell me, uh, get into work anyways. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, pandemic wise. Yes. And as far as pandemic goes, I need to seriously mask up because, uh, with all this immune problems, if I get this, this thing, it's going to kill me for sure. So, uh, that plus my heart and lung damage, eh, you know, um, I'm, I'm masking up. I, and so far I have uh, survived. I have not uh, contracted it. Good. Uh, and and at least go. you can still drink beer. Yes. <laughs> right. Oh no. But some of these medications, it's like, you know, they affect your liver. So you're really not yeah. supposed to drink beer, but um, they never really say how much they go. Yeah. Moderate drinking should be okay. You know, light drinking should be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, all right. I mean, one man's light is another man's heavy. I just, I'm just saying. So that's right. Um, it'll be what it'll be. Uh, but that's it for JC's medical corner at this time. Uh, still kicking. Ah. Um, uh, Richard asks: Ever tried or were able to get a Rewaka pops? I remember oh. the first time I tried Rewaka was uh, in uh, New Zealand uh, and uh, met up with a couple of, couple of guys from the New Zealand uh, homebrew club. And uh, they were going to take me around and they, they took me out a place, really nice place on the water. And uh, they encouraged me to get a, a, a glass of uh, a beer that made, was made with Rewaka. And I was just like, it tastes like a burnt, uh, you know, rubber boot <laughs> you know like a burnt tire and i'm like this is this is pretty horrible and uh they're like wow you know normally it's not it you know it doesn't have that character i'm just like this is like a tire fire and uh later on we were somewhere else and um oh i can't even think of the name of the place now um really great uh, brewery in uh new zealand uh, and they had some bottled, uh, of the same beer and they're like, you know, try it again, you know? <laughs> and sure enough, it tasted beautiful. It had, um, you know, a, a nice, uh, you know, fruit character and, um, um, uh, you know, uh, a little bit of pine and, and, uh, was, was, was very pleasant to floral. Uh, real pleasant beer. And they said, yeah, 
the, the stuff that tastes like a tire fire was probably just too fresh. <laughs> like, hmm. Really? So I haven't messed around with Rewaka much, um, but uh, that's, that's been my experience. How about you, John? I don't remember. I've, I've had Rewaka and I think I liked it. I remember it as being a tropical punch kind of character with, with um, some dankness. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't remember it well. Well, uh, Vince is asking, can Rewaka give a cider or white wine aroma and flavor similar to Nelson? Probably white wine is, is, uh, is not out of the question. I'd, I really, I should Google it and see what the current description of it is. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I don't know about uh, white wines. I, I don't think it's similar to Nelson. Um, uh, boy, yeah, it's been a while on the, on the Rewaka. Uh, and generally, we tend not to use some of those those hops because you know expensive and you know there's we have access to other hops that we think uh, you know kind of do the job okay uh, i found it um aroma hop with floral grapefruit and passion fruit flavor mm-hmm. yeah kind of citrusy and piney yeah uh, I, I remember the passion fruit aspect yeah mm-hmm. yeah and I, and i would say you know, the passion fruit is maybe it's that maybe that's what's going from burnt, burnt boot to uh, maybe, I don't know. I didn't get a lot of passion fruit out of it. Um, and I think, uh, you know, again, everyone's putting whatever tropical fruit in the Moniker description yeah. they, can, they can get away with. And usually that'll be like the last one. It's like, yeah, it's very small amounts, but it's there. It's there. So you'll see that in every description these days because everybody yeah. wants tropical uh, hops. Uh, Leaf has a suggestion. He goes, if you're using Summit, I'd use it for a Lagunitas IPA clone with uh, four grams of it. I guess, you know, it's a, it's a very dank pot, pot-like, uh, I guess, yeah. you know, the joke on Lagunitas in there. Uh, a, little bit of, a little bit of pot going on, I guess. Uh, ben is asking, uh, how do you formulate your hop blends ratios? For example, you've come up with a three hop combo. What is your process to determine what amounts of each variety you plan to use? Ah, good question. And the answer to that will be right after this. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back. Ben had asked a, a really interesting question about uh, formulating a hot blend. You know, what kind of ratio uh, do you use? Uh, do you have like a standard you start out with, John? So yeah, I usually start out with equal problem. amounts. Just oh, really? easy on myself. Yeah. I'm... So you don't have to do math. Yeah, yes. yeah. I'll do half ounce of each kind of thing, uh-huh. you know, for a five-gallon batch kind of thing. Um, half ounce, Jesus! What are you on a budget? No, nah, but I'll I'll, I'll half do. Ounce. Oh yeah, God. John, John. Ounce well, you week. know, it depends on depends on the alpha. Some right. of them you know, are like you alpha. know, twelve, fifteen. Wait, you're putting you're putting these in in hot, you know. You know, cold whirlpool and, uh, you know. Yeah, I don't do the total whirlpool hop additions like you all are doing these days. I I still do a layered, you know. Yeah, old school. Yeah. And I will do, I will do whirlpool additions. I will do dry hop additions. Uh-huh. And, yeah, they're often, you know, half ounce to one ounce right. quantities. So one of the things we'll do is um, if we're doing a bittering addition, which we don't always in um, so like the hazy, the juicy beers, um, we'll do bittering additions in, you know, um, a lot of the, the, the classics, you know, the porter, things like that. Uh, but uh, we won't be adding a lot of flavor and aroma. 
So the only ones we're doing bittering additions tend to be, you know, like West Coast type IPAs. So we'll determine a bittering addition hop. And a lot of times it can be something like Columbus or Apollo or, you know, it just, just depends on what kind of layer you want to set for the bittering. Hmm. Um, you know, a clean bitterness, but sometimes a carryover, some sort of resiny or piney. Uh, and then um, we'll look at the, generally one of the cheaper hops, <laughs> generally we'll look at the more expensive hops as for later additions. And we'll pick one of the three uh, to be, you know, and so, um, for example, when we do Evil 3, um, you know, we have our bittering, so it's, it's really four. I think generally we do about four hops. So there's a bittering, but then, you know, we, we have a, like Citra and Simcoe and Amarillo, and we want to see kind of like, you know, what your, your main character might be, which will be, you know, let's say Citra. And uh, if, if you have something that's complementary, you know, maybe like Amarillo, you do a Citra and Amarillo, you'll do equal amounts of those, and then maybe a little bit of Simcoe. You know, you'll do, you'll do like half as much Simcoe. Uh, so you have, let's say, you know, 20 of Citra, 20 of Amarillo, and five of Simcoe. Um, you might, uh, another way we've done it is we'll pick one hop that's kind of the, the main leader. Uh, mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll do that. And then the other two additions will be um, equal to that main leader one. So those are the kind of the ratios we'll tend to try is, you know, one large charge and then the other two are halves of that. Um, so, you know, a 50% and 25, 25, if that makes sense. That's mm-hmm. probably a better way of stating it. Does that help with the ratios there, Ben? Uh, Jimmy says, have you used Idaho gem at all? I believe one descriptor in the list is cherry jolly rancher, but, could it pair well with? Hmm. Idaho Gem, Jerry Jolly Rancher. I have not used Idaho Gem. Jerry Jolly Rancher, I, I think, you know, um, if that's either going to be a floral or it's going to be a citrus that you're going to want to add to that. Um, floral is always a nice backing thing that kind of elevates, you know, uh, some of the other compounds without um, masking them. Mm-hmm. Um, more of the geranial right uh, and then um, you know citrus would just is a nice uh, any anytime you add citrus to something or you know um, it, it adds to the overall fruitiness I think you know it's, it's like adding acid to uh, you know uh, something with fruit in it it makes the fruit kind of pop more so uh, maybe maybe give that a try um, uh, ben says he made a blonde ale with uh, Idaho Gem. Came out fantastic. Try a wheat beer. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Right. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, Ted is asking Does hop bursting or a hop stand have a huge effect on a blend? And does Heretic use that method often in IPAs? Yeah, so um, a lot of the IPAs uh, these days, uh, especially the, the hazy, juicy ones, we don't do any bittering addition. We, uh, there's the only additions are in the Whirlpool, and that's after cooling down to about 175 degrees Fahrenheit, and then in the dry hop. So those are the only hops that go in. There's no, so that's, you know, complete hop bursting or you know and and the hop stand is done in the whirlpool uh only and at 175 degrees fahrenheit so uh that way you don't get as much bittering and you get uh more flavor from them so yeah absolutely we're doing that all right uh turned into a nice nice show talking about this thank thank you neil for uh uh, supplying us with another great idea, brother. And check out uh, scottjanish.com. Uh, that hop oils calculator is there. His hop uh, oil uh, uh, sorter is there. And, you know, a lot of great articles on, uh, on uh, uh, hopping. So uh, check them out. 
good guy. Uh, he's been on the show before and you can uh, listen back through the archives and, and look for the show uh, Scott was on or two, two shows that we did. Uh, we talked about uh, cold dry hopping, which I'm still investigating. I got some more tests to run and uh, cold dry hopping. And we talked about uh, hop survivors, survivables, which was also oh, yes. quite fascinating. Uh, great stuff. Guy's, guy's real clever. He's got a great book out there if, you, uh, if you've never tried that. Anyways, uh, another great show. Uh, make sure to check out our fine sponsors, uh, BlickmanEngineering.com. Uh, again, send a nice email to John uh, at BlickmanEngineering.com. You can send to John at BlickmanEngineering.com or feedback at BlickmanEngineering.com. Tell them how much you appreciate the days for the show. And check out our other uh, fine uh, live sponsor, which is uh, Brew Chatter, uh, BrewChatter.com. Uh, great folks up there near Reno. Uh, wonderful place with uh, lots of great ingredients and they're they're uh, always working to improve homebrewing they're they're working on uh, you know trying to uh, train uh, come up with more training materials for BJCP judges they're trying to you know investigate uh, different uh, types of uh, ingredients just a lot of a lot of cool stuff good guys so check them out as well until then everybody brew strong brew strong everyone <laughs>